Hello and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops. I am your host, and tonight is going to be a special uh, solo episode where I discuss uh, creating character arcs by uh, K.M. Wyland. It's uh, going to be a book discussion show. Um, I hope you all have been enjoying getting back into the swing of things with uh, interviews. There's been a couple of uh, interview episodes lately. Of course, we had uh, Patrick O'Donnell back on. And then um, we've got um, plenty of of upcoming episodes as well. I'm excited to, um, of course, Elena last week as well. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I got a ton out of that episode. But uh, upcoming episodes, we have um, Julie Strauss from the Best Book Ever podcast is going to be on, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. She's going to be coming on in a couple weeks. Uh, Damon Courtney is going to be coming on soon from Book Funnel. A.G. Riddle is going to be on, which I'm, I'm thrilled that, that uh, Jerry's going to be on the, on the show uh, coming up in December. So lots of uh, good episodes coming up for Book Faces Live. Uh, of course, we were on a pretty long summer break this this time around this year, uh, partly because of uh, you know the the changes with, with Nink being being changed because of COVID. Also, with my family having a, a baby, we had had a son in, in July that pushed things back a little bit. And then also, I was finishing a book, so there was a lot of a lot of uh, reasons to take a long break this past summer. But I'm excited to be back in the swing of things and bringing out uh, new new content, new episodes. I'm going to be for the foreseeable future. It's going to be these these uh, evening episodes where we're just sort of hanging out, having a drink, talking about books, and I think that's that's going to be the uh, the excitement for for me. Uh, for me, it's a lot of um, just an excuse to to hang out with with friends and talk books. And of course, in this case, this episode is going to be me discussing a book that I really enjoyed. And I've discussed before on the show that there uh, I have a habit of when I'm in between books that I'm writing that I will dive into a craft book. I'll go ahead and start reading, um, you know, some sort of book to to help me delve into my next next one. And whether it's a structure book, I recently uh, read K.M. Wyland's uh, Structure Your Novel, which I highly recommend. It's a really good thing to read ahead of reading. Uh, creating character arcs because she does a really good job of explaining her her methods of crafting a story and, and story structure in general. And um, this one uses some of the same terminology. For example, the way that she refers to plot points in this, um, you know, plot point one, plot point two, plot point three. She has her own way of doing that that doesn't necessarily line up with things that I've been familiar with. I've been more familiar with Dan Harmon's story circle or um, you know, various other ways of plotting a novel. So I was appreciative that I had listened to her book before. But um, I did really enjoy this book. I listened to K.M. Wyland's uh, books, both of them, in audio. And I have been a big fan of um, listening to craft books in audio just because it's how I consume content these days. I do really enjoy having a paperback novel, of course, or you know, paperback copy of a book. Uh, that I can highlight and, and make notes in, put sticky notes in, that sort of thing. But on the go, as we are these days, uh, sometimes we just don't have, have time for all that. 
And uh, that's been the case for me. I've been listening while walking the dog and driving my kids to school and uh, various other times working on airplanes. So <clears throat> it's absorb it how you can get it. And there's no right or wrong way to get uh, craft advice. And, and this is one of those things where I enjoy listening to them sometimes over again. Uh, I'll jump into an audiobook, and you can always re-listen. I am an auditory uh, learner. And if you are as well, then I definitely think that listening to craft books and audio is a great idea. I really enjoy the narrator for this. She did an excellent job. Um, and she, uh, I, I really got a lot out of this book. So I'll start out with that. Um, there's some things that this book covers that as a starting novelist, sometimes you gloss over. A lot of us get to know structure as this, you know, based on acts, and we think about the rising action, or we think about various plot events that we want to have happen throughout this particular story, and we don't always think about it from a character point of view. I know that I've made this mistake in the past when I was, you know, writing my first novels, that I thought that character would just sort of develop naturally, um, I didn't necessarily have a complete understanding of what a character arc was and what the different types were. And sometimes uh, there was one book in particular where I had a lot of, ac I think the action elements of my book were really well structured. But when it came to character development, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I need to have a character arc of some kind. So maybe I will, I'm going to put in that this character is scared of heights. And by the end of this book, he's not going to be scared of heights anymore. Which is fine, and that's all well and good, but if it doesn't relate thematically to the story, it's just, it's irrelevant, um, and it's not, and it wasn't memorable because, of course, yeah, this it wasn't the the thing he needed to overcome. And I just knew that I had heard this term: oh, a character needs to be flawed, um, and I need to give him a flaw that he can overcome. So I did that, but I didn't fully understand where the flaw comes from. And one of the things that I learned through this book or was able to refine my knowledge of in this book um, was that the character's flaw comes from a lie that the character believes. And uh, Kay Mylan's very big on this. The lie the character believes is a huge part of her, uh, probably the most essential part of structuring your novel based on character art. And there's also a couple of other ways to structure things. That's the, the thing we're most commonly aware of is that a story starts out with a character who has a particular want or desire. They have to overcome their want um, to get what they truly need, which usually leads them to the climactic resolution. Somewhere in the middle, they have a, a, a galvanic type of revelation that turns them on to what their real need is. And then they somehow overcome their personal want, their personal desire, and um, achieve what they really need. Uh, a good example that she uses in the book was the Pixar movie Cars, where Lightning McQueen's initial goal is to win the Piston Cup. And he his flaw, which we don't necessarily know where it comes from, but he has this flaw that he believes he's a one-man show. And that everyone else is just window dressing compared to him. He's the star. He's the only thing that really matters, and it's just like he's going to going through life like this as a, as a one-man show. And, uh, of course, he ties this race, and then throughout the rest of the story, he's trying to get to California to 
um, win this piston cup. They have to do a rematch, and he has to go win this cup. That's what he wants, and everything else in the way is just sort of hindering his ability to get there. Of course, what he needs to learn, really, is of course, he needs to learn to work with others. He needs to learn that to be part of a team, and he only can accomplish this he can only accomplish his goal at the end when he gets to that point. And, and the interesting thing about that story is by the end, he realizes that isn't what he wants after all. Um, he ends up deliberately sacrificing winning the race in order to help a friend and to be a better person and to put someone else above himself. And he only came to that res revelation because he uh, learned from the townsfolk uh, in Radiator Springs that this was... that. Um, you know, how to live life. And he was happier there. And of course, brought back, you know, life to Radiator Springs in the process. He, you know, we talk about the idea of the hero returning with gifts. And he comes back to this, where he started a changed person, a better person. Um, however, that's not the only type of, of character arc. And one of the things that I enjoy about this particular book is she also delves into the other major types of character arcs, one of which is the flat arc. The flat arc being a character who does not necessarily change. They do not arrive in, on, on scene with a major flaw that needs to be changed. They more or less have become, they already are a, a decent person. Um, and in this case, they have a particular truth that they believe. The truth that the character believes will be their guiding principle throughout the story. And with it, with this tool, the truth, they will... Uh, influence the world. They will change the world around them. And um, I thought I think that's a fascinating type of, of character arc. Um, it's not something, I mean, we see it all the time without necessarily realizing it. She uses the example of uh, Indiana Jones, for example, as a, as a flat character arc. He is pretty much the same as he, as he was in the beginning, as he is, is at the end. Doesn't really change much. The world around him is affected by his presence. And that may not be the best example because if Indiana Jones did nothing in that movie, it would have had the same results. So that may not be the best example, but it was just a lot of fun. Um, one example that I think is good from literary uh, fiction or, or just from fiction is Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead. Um, her, her main character in that book, um, uh, Howard Rourke, is this idealist and he won't bend at all. He already knows the truth from the beginning of what it means to be an architect and, what, and his integrity never wavers. And as a result, he affects you know, massive change in the world as he goes through it. Um, Ayn Rand's, of course, known for Atlas Shrugged, which is sort of like, you know, believed to be her, you know, kind of pinnacle achievement of, of work. But I, I really think that The Fountainhead is actually a better story. I've read it probably four times when I was younger. Just because the characters are so interesting that you're fascinated by them because they create change. Um, these are the archetyp archetypal characters that just do a lot, even though he doesn't really have an arc. He has a flat arc. Um, she also talks about the idea of um, flat arcs coexisting in with uh, change arcs. You know, a positive change arc can happen uh, in conjunction with a flat arc. And this is something that clicked for me while reading this book because I, I erroneously in my head thought that I was switching genres. Uh, and I needed to start switching to just a flat arc type story. So I was trying to learn more and more about flat arcs. Not realizing that I've learned a lot about flat arcs already. And um, you can still have positive change arcs too. 
But one of the things that she does recommend doing is when you're first starting out is ask yourself a couple questions, first of all, about your genre. And so many things in publishing and writing come down to understanding a genre. Um, I think the majority of problems people get into, myself included sometimes, is not having a fundamental grasp of the genre before they start writing to understand what their readers want, what the expectations are, things like that. And um, this is this is no different. Understanding who your, your uh, character is in relationship to the world they live in is a big part of understanding what kind of arc you're going to create for them. Um, for example, I'm switching from adventure fiction to um, more into mystery, like private detectives. And those are more episodic, and the character doesn't necessarily change as much. A lot of times they arrive on scene as the fully formed character they are, and then they're going to affect change as they go through it. Um, that's not to say that you can't also be in that genre and have an arc. For example, one of the um, movies that I've watched recently that I've watched repeatedly to understand is um, Blade Runner 2049. And we have a character who we believe to be relatively static. He is, in fact, a replicant, you know, supposedly incapable of change. But he goes through this he does have a need he does have a desire he over he he doesn't necessarily overcome it but he it, it transforms him in the theme of the it, it fits the theme which is most what's most important of being human and what does it take to be human and he he wants to be human he wants to be born it, it turns out that there is this replicant who has been born and it's going to change the world and he he is his job is to go hunt it down and of course uh Throughout the part of the story, he believes that, that he comes to discover it might actually be him. He might be the one who was born. And it, it wells up this desire in him to be human. Um, and then later on, he discovers that it's not him. He's not the one who was born. But he also discovers a truth, which is that being born is not what makes you human. You can still act and choose to be human. So what he does at that point, after that revelation is made, is he acts like a human, even though he isn't one, and sort of redeems himself in his own mind, I think, uh, more than anyone else's, and saves, saves the rest of the characters that he needs to save, and sacrifices himself, which is the most human act you can do, uh, to, for someone else, get, to give your life for someone else. and um, It's a really interesting change arc even though it's in a genre where you typically have a flat arc detective character. So I thought that was interesting. And you've also got um, other stories. She uses a lot of, um, you know, kids, kids stories like, like the lightning queen thing. I, I thought of that too, having, you know, a toddler, I'm watching a lot of Disney plus right now, but one of the other ones I thought of that I thought was an interesting uh, example of this was the movie Tangled. And in this case, Rapunzel, in this story is more or less a flat art character. She doesn't really change that much from the beginning to the end. She is nice and kind and smart and, and uh, even though she's uninformed about the world and she has a lot to learn, her character itself doesn't really change that much. Uh, if, you if you watch who she is in the beginning and who she is at the end, her circumstances have changed. The world has changed as well as a result of her. However, she particularly doesn't really change that much, but she is confronted with another character who is the Flynn Rider, uh, Eugene Fitzherbert character, 
And he changes. He's the one who has, even though he's the secondary character, um, sort of love interest, antagonist at some points, you know, like he's he's the one who is um, forcing her circumstances to change, but she's forcing his character to change. He's the one having a change arc. So here we have an example of a story where the main character is the, the main protagonist, in this case Rapunzel, is not changing. She does not have a, a positive change arc. She has a flat arc. The person she's, you know, also accompanying her on this story, uh, Flynn Rider, he has a positive change arc. And I think it was interesting to um, learn more about these types of arcs and then look at examples in, in popular culture. Um, one of the really interesting points she brought up was the concept of an impact character. And an impact character is typically going to be a flat arc person. They usually enter the story with this given truth that they believe. They understand this truth. And even though they're presented with obstacles, they will forge ahead. And they may not be on screen all the time. And she used the example of uh, Star Wars, A New Hope. Luke Skywalker is our positive change character. He goes from being this sort of whiny farm boy to eventually becoming a Jedi Knight. And, but the pivotal character in this story is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan arrives on scene, fully formed. Um, he ends up dying later on as his mentor role um, sort of fits him in that role. And he, 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 he dies so that Luke can become what he needs to become. He sacrifices himself. He doesn't really change, though. But he is what, what she describes as um, an impact character. And they are basically the pivot point for your hero. Your hero at some point is going to change. And they change around the impact of this person. Had this person not showed up in their life, they wouldn't have changed. And that person is always going to be a flat art character. That person impacting your character, your, your protagonist. If they're, the, if your protagonist is the positive um, change arc person, they need to run up against this impact character who is going to be a, a flat arc person, and um, it's going to be the hinge point of your story. Somewhere, probably in the middle, they're going to have a revelation. It's most likely going to be brought on by an interaction with this this character. Um, their third third plot point when they actually choose to rise up and um, you know confront the evil at the end is probably going to be based it could be based around the death of this other character in the case of Obi-Wan it could be um, just forced you know because this character has, has made them change and um, there's a lot of examples of that uh, and a lot of times a, a love interest character can be this person um, sometimes it's just a friend or um, but there's always going to be someone who forces your, your character to change. And I'm going to go ahead and take a drink of my drink. It's, um, my, my grandmother turned 100 the other day, uh, a couple nights ago and had herself a margarita to celebrate. And I turned 40 yesterday and I did not get my margarita to celebrate, but I'm going to have it tonight. I'm going to, um, relax and, and have to have my drink and, um, hang out. So cheers to y'all. Um, so yeah, this this concept of the flat arc character was, I think, really interesting to me um, because I like the idea of creating a character in a long series. And this is one of the things that she does get into, Kay Weiland talks about, 
if you're writing a book and you're just going to write one book, then it's a lot easier to do a positive change arc. Have your character start one way, have them end up a different way uh, at the end. And that's one of the big questions she says to ask yourself when you're starting the book. Where does the arc begin? Then where does your character's arc end? Those two questions are important. And uh, the story, of course, is what happens in the middle. So uh, you can they can arrive with a past, of course. She talks about the idea of the ghost of, of the past um, that affects your character's behavior. And interestingly enough, uh, and most likely this ghost is what is affecting your character's uh, lie. And if they are a positive change character, they have a lie that they believe that they have to overcome that's going to conflict with the story. They're, and this lie is most likely rooted in maybe it's a childhood trauma, maybe it's uh, something in their past that has affected them. You know, maybe it's um, like she used the example of Scrooge from um, from uh, the Christmas uh, Dickens Christmas story. Um, so Scrooge has a a past which we see actually uh, in a Christmas Carol in the when the ghost of Christmas past comes and visits him and um, we see his harsh uh, upbringing his father and we see why he became somewhat of a miser and that's the ghost his issue is of course that he believes that money is the most important thing and that money is all that matters and he has to confront that lie before he can become a better person and understand the spirit of Christmas at the end so um, understanding what your character's past is and how it informs their their flaw, their lie is is important. Um, and for me, I'm in the process of creating a new series, a new character, and um, understanding that my character's past is, is going to be really important. And um, but you can have a ghost even in a flat art character. For example. Um, my character is going to continue on and have a multi-book series. He's not going to have large arcs each time. He's going to be a little bit more of a flat character. And what's going to happen is he's going to affect most of the change in the world around him. But that doesn't mean he can't still have have um, a, a darkness to him. It doesn't mean he still can't have um, you know a ghost. So uh, I plan to use that. I plan to use the ghost and then in, inform his his life. And it could be that this ghost, instead of giving him a lie, has given him a truth. Because in the case of a flat art character, they have a truth that they believe, and they will then continue on to change the world around that truth. And of course, in this case, the world has to conflict. Instead of conflicting with their lie, has to now conflict with their truth. They have to almost get to the point of giving up on the truth, but they will persevere through it and eventually win out. Um, and I think that's a really interesting, uh, type of arc. There is of course a third type of arc, which is the negative change arc. Um, she uses a couple of examples, uh, Heathcliff, I think in Wuthering Heights, uh, and, uh, Wuthering Heights. And then also she uses Darth Vader, uh, Anakin Skywalker from the early prequel Star Wars movies, which, you know, of course have a lot of issues, but they do do this well where they, they take the arc of Anakin and, and push him, his, his lie, um, and instead of overcoming his lie, he becomes corrupted by his lie. 
his desire for power, even though he wants to use it for good, ends up being a bad thing. And even though he wants to save Padme, for example, he, has, he uses the wrong methods to do it. He ends up slaughtering people and becoming this dark force, which ultimately becomes Darth Vader. And uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, downward spiral that this character is on. And it's, um, it, it's of course, it, it's satisfying for us to watch because we understand, I mean, we don't want to be that character, but we relate to that character really well because of the human element of loss and how they are self-destructing in front of you. It's a, it's a cautionary tale type story. And, you know, it can be used very effectively. And it, and, it, and this is often going to be a, a villain character. So when you write your antagonist, maybe they have a tragic flaw. And maybe oftentimes your antagonist is the mirror image of your protagonist. So they have the same, you know, wants and desires and even some of the similar strengths. But then they make different choices and their choices lead to destruction. This is... Um, something that I've done in the past where I used the Enneagram chart and I was plotting my book, uh, Sword Fight, the first book in the Kingdom of Engines series. I took out, I took, you know, this character's an eight. I said, okay, they're the champion. They're the one who desires to win. Uh, what's the dark side of that? What's the positive side of that? And so the character, so the main hero and the villain were very similar. Um, they had different upbringings. They had different ghosts because they had different fathers that really were big influences on them. And as a result, the choices that they made were very different, but they were essentially uh, mirror images of each other and eventually went in opposite directions and one to destruction and one to victory. Um, so she talks a lot about that in this book, which I thought was really useful. She does actually have a workbook that goes along with this as well, which I am not usually a workbook person. I'm not typically someone who will you know sign on for that, but this is... I'm considering this. I'm considering actually checking out this workbook and um, walking myself through it as I, I plot out a character or just use it as a reference for future books that I write. Because the great thing about structure books and um, even you know any kind of story like this or any kind of book like this is that every time you read it, you're a little bit different because you're populating, your mind is populating the story with different characters. And you're coming at it fresh with, with, with fresh eyes. And I really like that. Um, so I, I think that I, it's possible that I may read this book again. I heard, first heard about it from uh, Cecilia Mecca. So thank you, Cecilia, for um, getting me turned on to KMYL and stuff to, to begin with. And I definitely recommend it. I think it's going to be um, a useful tool for, um, for anyone who is who is writing a story, whether you're a beginner storyteller or you're a veteran storyteller, there's still a lot to learn from this. And she uses a lot of really good um, examples um, in popular culture, you'll, you know, stories you recognize. One of them, for example, Thor, she talks about where he has he starts out in the first movie with a positive change arc, and then the rest of the movies are, are flat arcs. And, you'll, and she'll walk you through um, why that is, and you give very specific examples of plot points and and how they affect you. And um, for me, the midpoint is a big, big point of contention all the time and understanding how that works and how your story bends around this pivotal point in the middle. Um, every writer, no matter who you are, you have things that you can work on. 
And character for me was one of those things that has always been, I knew I needed to get better at it. And I said, you know what, the only way to really to do it is going to be to commit to a lot of these types of books and really dive in and understand them and um, learn to apply this to your storytelling, you know, year after year, book after book, because you want to create characters that resonate. You want to create characters that are um, believable, that people connect with, and that people don't want to see go when they close the, the page at the end of the book. You want to um, develop them in ways that are meaningful. And by understanding these two things, the lies or the truths that these characters believe, and making sure that the rest of the book is thematically connected, will make that happen. Uh, a big part of what she, what she I came away with from the story is the concept of theme. That when you develop, you know, the character again, don't just throw a flaw at them and have them arbitrarily, you know, fix something about themselves. It has to be connected to the larger theme of the book. And for example, the Blade Runner example that I was giving you, it was obviously very relevant for him. If the the whole theme of the story is about being human, and his downfall his believed downfall is not being human, but, but by acting human, he overcomes it. That's a gr it's all connected. And whoever else has an arc in the, in the story should also be on that theme. Um, she cautions against using arcs arbitrarily for no reason, um, especially if they're not connected to the theme. Don't just have every character in your book going through some sort of personal journey if they don't need to. It gets tangled, it gets messy. Um, the reader is going to lose track of what's important if they're trying to follow a bunch of unrelated arcs. So just make sure that if you do have a character, if they are going to change, make sure it changes around the same central pivoting point, which is your theme. And, um, you know, don't just go willy nilly changing stuff for the fun of it just because you think you have to. That's not really how this works. And don't be afraid to clash your characters together. Um, they don't have to necessarily be changing opposite each other. One could be staying the same and the other could be changing around them. Um, or they could be changing the world together. There's a lot of ways around this. And I, I recently just watched a TV show called Wayne on um, Amazon Prime, which is a very flat art character, uh, but super compelling to watch. Because, um, and caution, it's very, very mature language in this show. Um, if you're averse to swearing and violence, then you probably want to steer clear. But it also is a really good show. The opening episode, I thought, was excellent in that it defined a very clear character goals. You created a compelling... They're only 30-minute episodes, so if you want to watch an episode of a show where they do so many things right, right out of the gate, the, um, it's a good example. It's just called Wayne. It's on Amazon Prime, and I happened to watch it. I finished season one this week just because it was it was so good. I watched it in a couple days. Um, very violent. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it in season two. We'll see if it holds up. Um, I just know that, that what I've seen so far is, is really good writing. And of course, I've, I've, quite a lot of people are raving about The Queen's Gambit, which has been on Netflix. If you're a Netflix watcher, uh, that was well written. A lot of really good character development in there. Um, there's character development everywhere you look. But I, I definitely encourage you to check out books like Cam Wyland's and then start to use it to dissect character um, any, in anything you watch. 
and, and try to figure out, okay, is this a flat arc? Is this a positive change arc? Is this a negative change arc? And really understand what those different types of arcs mean and how they relate to the theme. And of course, it's easy. Once you know these things, you can, you know, pick out examples of bad ones and good ones and um, learn to be a better writer, learn to be a better appreciator of stories. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's really time, time well spent. So uh, I did put a link in the, in the comments down below where you can check out that, that book. I, I've also, um, I will put a link to the um, workbook version as well. So check that out. Um, next, next week, I'm not, it's the course of Thanksgiving. I'm not hundred percent sure whether there's going to be an episode next week or not. If it is, it'll be early in the week. But I really appreciate everyone who's been, um, you know, watching and listening to the podcast episodes. Uh, and I said that we're going to have a little bit more of a consistent um, season through through the through the holidays and then onward into um, 2021. Uh, it will be mostly evenings like this that I'm talking. But of course, you can listen and watch anytime you feel like, which is great. Which is a great thing about being a podcast. Uh, I, like I said I do have some fantastic guests coming up. I'm always blown away by the sheer amount of talent that people that people have and that they're willing to come on and share with this show i've had some incredibly talented really amazing authors on here who have agreed to, to come on and chat with us so i'm eternally grateful for them um if you um if you have specific things and topics or if you have ideas for craft books i'm always listening uh, you're always welcome to shoot me a message or comment let me know if you found a particularly really good craft resource that you recommend. I would love to see that. Um, a book on writing or, or structure or outlining or anything that you found useful. Um, and of course, you know, if you, or even if you have ideas for um, future guests, if you have guests that you think you'd really like to have on the show, feel free to comment. Let me know what you think. And um, I will do my best to, to reach out to people and, and see who I can have on. I like that the list of guests I already have scheduled is, fan, is already really fantastic, um, and I've got more people um, on the list to, to, to get on the show. Um, I hope you've been enjoying it. Uh, I look forward to um, doing this again uh, shortly. I hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving, and um, I really appreciate you watching and, and listening. So uh, thank you all for, for checking this out, and have a great night, and I'll be back again soon with another great episode. See ya.